Is combining work and play more or less productive? Welcome back to Teacher Tales, where we follow one teacher fighting her way through career burnout to find work-life balance and educational bliss, if it still exists. On this episode of Teacher Tales, we learn that games and apps in class aren't always the best idea. But first, another tale from your favorite teacher. Tegan Raines, a seasoned high school teacher, perpetually sought innovative methods to captivate her students. When the wave of gamification swept through education, she hesitated, envisioning a chaotic classroom reminiscent of a Fortnite battleground. Games in class? Absolutely not, she mused, pondering the potential pitfalls. Tegan decided to consult her department before diving into this uncharted territory. The first teacher she spoke to was 100% against games in the classroom. She exclaimed that games were for at home. There's no way that a game should be in any classroom. The only reason that students should be able to play games is when they're done with their homework. Well, that's fair, Tegan thought. But at that very moment, another teacher inserted himself into the conversation. He shouted from the mountaintops, gaming is the future. Everything should be a game. We should make sure that we are teaching our students with the most revolutionary, innovative methods. And if that includes gaming, then game we shall. Clearly, there was a divide in the department. After deliberating with her colleagues, Tegan cautiously embarked on her gaming odyssey, creating a history trivia game to dip her toes into the concept. This should be safe, right? She reassured herself. Yes, we can do this. The room buzzed with enthusiasm and students, to her surprise, became more invested in their learning, at least for the day. There was cheering and jeering, winners and losers, and the song All I Do Is Win was played way too many times. But overall, yes, it, it wasn't flawless, but that day marked a triumph and Tegan couldn't help but consider it a success. However, she pondered the thought. We can't play games every day, can we? Eager to amplify her teaching, Tegan delved into a myriad of educational apps, employing one for digital quizzes and another for collaborative projects. Her students reveled in the variety, yet as the list of apps expanded, so did the distractions. Unrelated content on devices threatened to sidetrack her students. Tegan quickly recognized the need to strike a delicate balance between app diversity and ensuring unwavering focus on the core curriculum. The apps, at this point, had began to get in the way. Over time, Tegan gleaned that while these technological tools held immense potential, 
they were a double-edged sword, capable of being both incredibly useful and distractingly disruptive, if not wielded with care. In her journey, Tegan unearthed the essence of technology integration, a dynamic process demanding thoughtful consideration and a perpetual commitment to striking the delicate balance. As she navigated the ever-evolving landscape of educational technology, she crafted an approach ensuring these tools served as enablers rather than detractors, fostering a meaningful and immersive learning experience for her students. Woo, okay, Tegan. Games in the classroom. The first thing that I think of is Fortnite. So when Fortnite came to phones, you was able to get the app and actually play it on your iPhone or Android. First iPhone, of course. It was a wave of just kids wanting to game all the time in class. It was ridiculous. And I think I was a long-term sub at the time. But still, it was the worst. Because we all know how Fortnite swept the nation. But games are not going away. And this is something that I don't personally really use. But I found a couple things that could be helpful for people who have not used games in class or plan to use games in class or already use games in class. So here we go. Number one, gamification engagement and motivation so obviously the games should be engaging so you want to discuss how these games are going to engage your students and are they engaging them in the right way and then a lot of times kids are like oh we can play a game we'll bet whatever the game is i'll just i'll do that just because it's better than writing the paper or taking a test or a quiz so you want to also try to explore like the psychological principles behind gamification, such as like rewards, competition, intrinsic motivation. That is like the, the essence of the gaming part, because oftentimes when we game, it creates this competition so that you can be the winner. Or sometimes it's just not be the loser. I don't have to win, but I don't want to come in last. <laughs> so. You want to create a more dynamic learning environment as much as you can, but make sure you try to balance like that engagement piece. So make sure you have the right games and then that motivation piece. That's what you're trying to tap into. If I can get them to play these games like a Kahoot, maybe it'll then motivate them to do whatever it takes so that they can play the game again. So that may look like just doing all the work or, um, just being motivated to come to class because they get to play the game. And that's kind of flows into like classroom management type stuff. So if you can use these games to engage and motivate your students, then use the games, use them. Just like that teacher, the second teacher said, if gaming is on the forefront of innovation, then gaming we shall. So I thought that was pretty funny. Okay, number two. Games are all about balancing fun and educational content. So you have to be able to have fun, but if the kids are not learning anything, then what's the point of the game? Now, this I do have some experience with. Um, 
it's not necessarily like I was using games to teach a lesson, but I do use games as icebreakers. So at the beginning of the semester, we'll use games like Uno, playing cards, a great game called Distraction, Jenga, to have the kids get to know each other. Because my thinking is when you're at a family function, a lot of times there are games like, you know, we play spades or dominoes, Uno, whatever. And people's personalities come out when they play games. So you get to know who's competitive, who does not really care, who's a talker, who's not. All of these different aspects of people's personalities, they come out when the games come out. Because it's just something about gaming. It's that competition, right? It's the reward that we talked about in the first part that gets people's motivation, that gets people's blood pumping. So balancing the fun and the educational content. I know a lot of people use cahoots or quizzes uh, to, you know, make it fun. So, uh, yeah, moving on to number three, feedback and progress track. So a really cool part about games is as you set these questions, right, it is another way to gather gather data for uh, your grading or just for your, your tracking to see if people are uh, learning what you want them to learn. So say you set up a Kahoot. This is a, a popular game that a lot of teachers use where you ask questions and then you click a button like multiple choice and it keeps track and then the person with the highest score wins. So whoever can answer the question correctly the fastest they get the most points so if you see that everybody is doing well on questions one through five okay great we don't even have to go over that information again but you see a lot of people are missing six seven and eight then that tells you as the teacher that okay i need to go over the information that goes with questions six seven and eight because the kids are missing that so it is a great way to, one, give them feedback and then also for you to track progress for the kids to see what they're learning and what they're not learning. So those are like the three different kind of areas for gamification, engagement, motivation, number one. Number two, balancing fun and educational content. And then number three, feedback and progress monitoring. So the next thing that Tegan kind of dealt with in this episode is just using apps so this is outside of games this is other stuff like like recording videos um posting pictures having like a virtual gallery wall these kinds of things are also you know other devices and tactics that we are being called to integrate into our curriculum so if you're going to be using apps then number one you want to make sure you integrate those things with the curriculum. And so on another episode, I talked about the website that we use in our district called Schoology. So all of my assessments are on there. Discussion posts are on there. When they are completing assignments, they have to turn them in on there. I tell my kids, if it's not turned in on Schoology, it's like it never happened. So make sure your work is turned in on Schoology on time. It also has timestamps where people can't say, oh, you know, Mr. Franklin, he just didn't check my work on time. You know, I turned it in, you know, or he lost it, that kind of stuff. You don't have to deal with it. So those are integrated 
and it worked well with the curri curriculum because I can now post videos in there. I can put uh, websites in there that the kids can reference. You know, I can put pictures. I can kind of just add stuff to it so that the kids are able to always go back and find it. I can put documents in there. So now the kid doesn't have to be in my classroom to be able to get the information. They can get it 24-7 via Schoology as long as it's not down. <laughs> we all know how these uh, wonderful websites can be. The next thing that you want to make sure that you're doing is personalizing learning. So as much as you can, you want to use apps to personalize learning, which means you can explore how adaptive learning technologies and interactive apps can cater to individual student needs, you know, allowing for that differentiated instruction and targeted support. So apps can now um, see where the student is as far as their learning and then kind of create a specific curriculum for that kid where they are in that subject. So when you can find things like that, then of course you want to try to implement those as much as you can. Now you can't have them having kids get off track based on what you should be learning in class, but they can use these for things like extra practice. That can work really well. Okay, and then part number three for using apps in the classroom is collaboration and communication. So using apps like Remind, stuff like GroupMe, things like WhatsApp allow for students to be able to continue to communicate outside of class, especially when you're working on projects, because I have this happen all the time where kids are like, well, I don't know. I didn't talk to so-and-so. I'm like, why haven't you? The first thing that you want to do is, number one, create a shared document for whatever it is that you're creating whether that's a Microsoft Word or that's PowerPoint, the document should be shared to everyone. Please send that email, share document. And then number two, find a way to communicate. So these two things hit home for me because I have them doing these things often in class, especially when we have group projects, with, which is often, all the time, basically. So whenever you get into that group, you got to be able to collaborate and work on that stuff together. A lot of times that can look like OneDrive. Canva has things where you can invite people to work on stuff at the same time. And also communication. So Remind, WhatsApp, all of that stuff. And then with those, you can also post pictures and videos. You can FaceTime. So there are so many different ways to collaborate and communicate that you should be using so that you can have your students be the best that they can be and get stuff done without you, the teacher, facilitating every single little thing. So just to recap, gamification. If you're going to use it, make sure you're engaging and motivating with them, balancing fun and content, and then using them for feedback and progress. Wonderful. Use games. And then using apps in the classroom, you want to integrate the, it into your curriculum. You want to use them for personalized learning experiences as much as you can. A lot of time just for extra practice. And my favorite, you want to use them for collaboration and communication because those things are key. So 
come to the end, of course, we'll have somebody else on, another teacher, to discuss these things in detail. But until next time, keep teaching, keep learning, and I will see you all on the next journey.